Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pistons. I'm your host, Duncan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at DuncanSmithNBA, and you can find my work on the internet on PistonPowered.com. Uh, we are once again simulcasting with Periscope. Um, if you're enjoying these podcasts, uh, I, I highly recommend you hop in on the uh, on the periscopes if you have the opportunity to do so. Um, and uh, I occasionally I will have an agenda and then I will take questions after. And occasionally, like tonight, uh, I plan on just it's been a great week for uh, Lockdown Pistons, and I think that there's probably no better way to um, to celebrate a great week than just kicking back and taking some questions. And it'll, it'll be a nice chill night, and I'm pretty sure I'll find my way into one of my patented spiels at some point. So um, I did want to, uh, to announce something kind of special. Um, Locked on Pistons had its biggest day ever on uh, Wednesday as far as downloads go. Um, and uh, not only did we have the single biggest day, but we had three of the top ten days uh, this week. And this is the fifth podcast of the week. So three of the four podcasts this week have, uh, have all found their way into the top 10. Um, so I, I certainly have you guys, um, who are downloading and listening to the podcast to thank for that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've got some of you guys who are listening on Periscope to thank for that as well. So, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. One of the things that really kind of excites me about the, uh, the exploding growth, um, of, of the podcast is that the majority of the, uh, the downloads in uh, most cities has remained fairly static, but it is within the city of Detroit itself, uh, according to our metrics, it's within the city of Detroit itself that um, that the real boom and explosion of uh, interest has been. And uh, I, I think that's pretty cool that uh, here in the middle of July, um, you know, this is this is when um, we we are finding a really big burst in traffic, and I think that's that's pretty exciting. Obviously, this is a time of year where people get excited, get interested because uh, rosters change over, players come and go, um, and this is like the highest turnover point in the in the season. And um, you know, for whatever reason, people tend to care more about the uh, the off season, the transactions and stuff, than they actually do the regular season. Um, you know, for better or worse, you know, people will be interested in what people are interested in. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, I'm I'm very grateful that uh, that we've we've had a week like this, and uh, the the traffic is up, the interest is up, and uh, for a team that has spent so much time in the lottery the last few years, uh, notwithstanding uh, what was it, fourteen, fifteen, when the Pistons um, found themselves without a lottery pick uh, thanks to the Ben Gordon trade, uh, for a team that has found themselves uh, ranked so lowly, um, it's it's really exciting to me um, that that you guys care that uh, there's this much interest about this team and um, you know I I 
I think that I'm about as realistic and critical as anybody who keeps uh, and Charlie Villanueva. Yeah, it was um, you know a dark time, a dark time in uh, the pre-Van Gundy era. <laughs> um, so I, I I'm really I'm really pleased that um, you know we've uh, we've been able to take this journey together. And uh, so um, again, it's it's been a great stretch of time for uh, for Lockdown Pistons, and uh, I have you guys to thank for it. Uh, regardless of the venue that you're listening on, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or, you know, whatever, Periscope. Um, anyway, you cut it. It's been great, and it's been an absolute thrill for me to be able to, to talk to you and uh, engage with you so frequently. Um, even those of you who drive me crazy on Twitter, I, I'm very appreciative of, of all of you. So, um, The Pistons today introduced Reggie Bullock and they introduced Anthony Tolliver. Um, these are a couple of guys who have some history with the Pistons. It's, I, I kind of enjoy the fact that the Pistons, um, when in doubt, will bring back uh, familiar faces. Uh, a few times in the past, that's gone a little bit overboard. Um, you know, I mean, the Pistons didn't need to bring back Tayshaun Prince. <laughs> yeah, we, we would have probably remembered him um, more fondly. Um, if he hadn't come back uh, at the very tail end of his career. Um, and I don't think he especially wanted to come back. And, you know, who can blame him? Um, but, uh, you know, in in the, the more recent time here, um, the Pistons have brought back Bullock, who is, uh, you know, he's a re-signing. He was a restricted free agent um, until the, uh, the Pistons ended up not offering him his... Um, what's up, Anthony? Welcome. Uh, pardon me, uh, until the Pistons ended up not offering him his, uh, his qualifying offer. Um, so the Pistons ended up using uh, his bird rights to sign him, and then they ended up using uh, the biennial exception to sign Tolliver. And, uh, you know, these are pieces that add some, some good depth. Uh, they're not going to likely win you games, um, but uh, like Stan Van Gundy said at the uh, presser today, the Pistons were generally better when Reggie Bullock was on the floor. Uh, it, it could be a sample size thing. Um, you know, it's it's hard to credit a lot of success to Reggie Bullock when he, he couldn't stay on the floor uh, for extended minutes. It's difficult to credit him for success when he couldn't stay healthy. Um, it's kind of a pain that the Pistons are going to be without him for the first five games of the regular season due to his uh, suspension for violating the NBA's drug policy. Um, you know, it, it's... It's something that the Pistons are going to have to make up for on the court, uh, particularly in those first five games. But, it, you know, it, he's going to be like second or third string um, small forward primarily. So uh, it's not going to be a huge loss. And it's not something that catches the Pistons off guard either. Um, his suspension occurred before free agency even began. So um, it's not going to be the end of the world. But it is. Uh, it's got to be kind of obnoxious to both him and the Pistons that once again they're going to be starting a season and Reggie Bullock is not ready to go. But um, be that as it may, um, yeah, familiar faces back in the fold. Anthony Tolliver should play the role of uh, a, a good uh, veteran presence in the locker room. Um, you know, again, he's not going to be winning new games. He's not going to be starting barring disaster. Uh, but he's he's a guy who can. Uh, you can provide some some leadership and some guidance. Uh, last year, the Pistons just got inside their own head. They got um, swept away in the the currents of uh, of, a, of multiple negative stretches, particularly at the end of the season when just everything fell apart for them. Um, 
you know, they they did not have the maturity in order to reverse course when when things went south and uh, a lot of what the Pistons were lacking last year aside from like just you know sheer talent deficit in some situations um, a lot of what they were lacking was as a result of uh, a leadership deficit um, they, they just didn't have guys who had been there and done that and um, now with uh, with Tolliver coming back and a guy in Avery Bradley who uh, is incidentally coming off a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals um, you know whether we believe the uh, the Boston Celtics were one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference or not whether we believe that their their run was somewhat fraudulent because the Cavaliers didn't really give a didn't they didn't really care uh, until about halfway through uh, May um, you know, anyway, you cut it. Uh, Avery Bradley was playing in the playoffs until um, until the end of May. You know, he's he's an Eastern Conference finalist. He's a guy who can also provide some veteran leadership, even though he's only uh, 26, going on 27. Um, you know, he's he's two years older than KCP, uh, but he's been to the playoffs I think four times now. And uh, I think that it's a team that um, has addressed some of its um, some of its fit issues they've addressed some of their talent issues um, I think that they are a more talented team now uh, they certainly have guys that fit better and they're a team that has uh, you know it's addressed and I think that it is uh, largely fixed its uh, its leadership deficit and uh, these are probably the three biggest elements for the Pistons that they needed to get fixed this year uh, like Stanley Johnson uh, was saying not that long ago um, you know, when, when things got tough, they needed like a, a dad in the locker room. They needed like a team dad. And there really wasn't such a guy. You know, you had uh, Aaron Baines who could provide leadership. Uh, more of more of a, a um, you know, a leader by example, though. He, he wasn't uh, particularly verbal in the locker room. He wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't like a, a rah-rah kind of guy. Uh, Georgie the Greek says they should have signed me as team dad. Um, we don't need to talk about how much older I am than most of that roster. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my night, Georgie. Um, but it, it's it's been a topic that's been addressed, and uh, that can only benefit them going forward. And I think that um, optimistic uh, forecasts. You know, I I don't think it's realistic to project fifty games, or fifty wins, or anything like that. But I think that optimistic forecasts. Uh, by and large, are um, they're okay. I think it's okay to be optimistic about this team. You know, I I don't think this is a team that you need to be all doom and gloom about. Um, you know, if they get out to a bad start, I will not try and talk you guys down. But um, you know, I, I think that there's some potential for this team to be uh, to be good and fun and uh, easy on the eyes, unlike last season. Um, you know, last season they weren't really any fun to watch. They were uh, they were torturous to watch at times. They were a, a team that played slow. They weren't efficient, um, and there wasn't really anything that they did especially well. And uh, I, I think a lot of that came from um, the fact that their best player, uh, the guy who should have been their best player last year, Reggie Jackson, was hindered, and their second best player was uh, was really unable to to find himself without his his running mate. So, um, you know, I, I think going forward, there should be re reason for optimism. Um, and, 
John Doe, 2488. I think I called you John Doe numbers yesterday. said uh, the move downtown is for sure a factor to uh, make the team go hard next year. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's definitely, um, definitely a factor. Uh, I think that being professional athletes, we should expect them to go hard regardless. Um, but, you know, there's nothing you can do to overcome uh, an absence of energy uh, from your crowd, too, I think. Like, um, you know, if we assume that a team plays at, like, a, a regular baseline at all times, um, crowd energy behind them can only boost them. Um, so it can be... It can be a big benefit for these guys, and I think that uh, I think that it's going to be a benefit for them. Um, they're a team that they didn't really have a whole lot of uh, exciting uh, exciting atmospheric games last year, uh, but when they did, uh, you know, the the Pistons performed to a level where uh, where you you would think that the excitement was warranted, you know, maybe half a dozen home games that the crowd really got into like a, a playoff style lather. Um, but I, I think that that energy is going to be enhanced uh, going into next season. Um, really quick, I do want to take a minute and uh, suggest that if you are listening to this, uh, this right now, whether it's on Periscope or iTunes or um, Twitter, what have you, um, please go find this on iTunes or whatever your podcast of sources podcast source of choices uh subscribe uh rate and review all that stuff it um good ratings frequent good ratings uh make it a lot easier for uh for me to dedicate the time to put into this and uh it it's also um, rewarding to know that uh, you guys think think i'm doing a good job and if you don't think i'm doing a good job you can throw that in the review as well and uh, let me know what you would like to see improved um and you know, there's a, a good chance that I will even uh, listen to your <laughs> listen to your suggestion. So, um, yeah, so I, I definitely appreciate that, and I would also appreciate it if you guys uh, downloaded our our sponsor SeatGeek and use the SeatGeek app. Uh, go to the settings tab, enter the coupon code LONBA. Um, so basically, the acronym for Locked On NBA. Let's them know you came from us. Saves you twenty bucks in your first purchase. Um, I, I think that uh, we can all agree that. Um, a, uh, a ticket aggregator um, like SeatGeek makes the job a lot simpler when you're trying to find tickets to, uh, to a sporting event. Like, um, you know, right, right now, I think Justin Verlander might have pitched uh, his last or second last game as a Tiger. Uh, there might not be too many times, too many more games to, to go see uh, this Tigers team as it is with, um, with some guys that they may be moving out. So uh, if baseball really, uh, you know, baseball is your thing, for example, um, you know, use SeatGeek, L-O-N-B-A, uh, save 20 bucks, and uh, go see some of the, uh, some of the all-time Tigers that uh, may have, may have uh, a few days remaining um, before the fire sale, if one is forthcoming. So um, that's the spiel, and uh, if you guys have some questions, We've still got some people on chat here, um, so if you guys have some questions, uh, Jim says he's going to use that coupon code LONBA on SeatGeek today. Thank you, Jim. Um, underscore Wave says, what do you see Stanley's number slash impact this year? Um, this is going to be a real make or break year for Stanley Johnson. Um, this is going to be a year where he's been uh, sort of thrust up the pecking order 
Um, you know, he he has spent a lot of his time playing out of position, um, primarily at like re- reserve two um, rather than like his natural position, uh, which is the three uh, most of the time. Um, now that the uh, now that the Pistons have their two guard situation pretty much uh, straightened away. Um, Stanley can can fit back into his more natural three, and uh, Stan Van Gundy has indicated that he might play some four in some small ball lineups. Uh, I'm very interested in seeing what kind of um, look those lineups have, whether uh, whether it's something like um, you know Ish, say uh, Ish Galloway Canard, uh, Stanley and Tobias playing the five, maybe Lure playing the five. Um, you know I. I think that anytime you can have Tobias on the floor rather than John Luer, it's probably a benefit. But uh, we also we should also remember how good John Luer was for the first uh, two or three months of the season last year, and I think that canning him out would be a mistake. Um, so Stanley is going to be more likely playing at positions that he is he's a better fit for. Um, you know, he's like six seven two fifty two forty five I think right now. That's not a two guard. <laughs> that is not a two guard at all. Um, he's he's much better built to uh, to bang down the post uh, or or to um, you know, have the ball in the wing or play off the ball in the wing primarily um, so it's it's a better situation for his skill set and his body type to not have to play out of position at the two um, yeah John says we're Stan says we're playing to Stanley's strength now at the three and we're set at the two and that's basically the truth uh, you know the two is uh, the two right now is basically three guys deep with uh, with Avery Bradley, uh, Langston Galloway, and Luke Kennard, um, you know we there's not really much need to throw a, a fourth guy uh, positionally um, on that depth chart. So Stanley is going to probably either be the first um, the first forward off the bench to some uh, in in many com- combinations and uh, configurations. Or he might even be the starting small forward, depending on uh, on how Stan decides to take things um, at the start of the season. Um, so, you know, I mean, he could be playing 30 minutes per game. Um, it's it's not out of the question that he could be playing uh, full starter minutes. So uh, I, I think that there's going to be uh, this is going to be a, a real reckoning for him, and I think that he's I think he's ready. Uh, I think that getting into a flow from just getting consistent minutes is going to uh, work wonders for him. And uh, we're going to see less moments of him seeming unplayable um, because he's just going to be more comfortable and less uh, less of a short leash um, that will interrupt his, his own flow. So um, I've, I think one of my biggest reasons for optimism with this team is that Stanley Johnson is now sort of being uh, thrown to the wolves, in a sense, um, baptized by fire, whatever the case may be, however you might want to express it. Um, this is this is his time to shine. So uh, I didn't see um, who asked the the question, but uh, somebody in, in chat asked uh, what the plan is if Avery Bradley walks next year. Um, Stan addressed this, uh, I think, right after um, after the trade. Uh, he said that uh, yeah, it was Jamie Delancey. Of course it was. How could I forget? What's going on, Jamie? Um, Stan addressed this in. Uh, the first few hours, I think, after the trade, uh, he said that the plan was most likely to, uh, you know, if 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 Bradley walks, um, the plan is to hope that uh, Luke Kennard is far enough along, um, 
and uh, and barring that, um, the Pistons will have a little more salary breathing room. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, if Bradley walks, I think Kennard uh, being the next man up is the plan. Uh, I, I think it was John Doe again said in chat that uh, KCP likes playing with the Pistons, so maybe they can get him back. There's virtually no way that uh, that, that could be done. The Pistons are going to be a mile over the cap regardless. Um, the Sports Gym. Whose shoes will Bradley fill from last year's team? KCP, new role. Um, he also says he's going to quote me on his pod. I don't, didn't know you had a podcast, Jim. Glad you have a podcast. You should have a podcast. Um... Yeah, Bradley's going to step into KCP's role, and uh, I think that he's basically going to fill KCP's shoes, and probably more so um, on on both ends of the of the floor. Uh, Avery Bradley is is a better player than KCP. Uh, he's a better shooter. Uh, he might not be as um, as able a uh, creator at the pick and roll, um, but you know we also have like a sample size issue in Boston. Uh, we have a personnel issue in Boston as well for looking at those comparisons because Boston didn't really run a lot of pick and roll and they didn't really have uh, personnel that were that were strongly suited for pick and roll. Um, whereas the Pistons, um, they they do run a great deal of pick and roll. They ran about fifty percent more pick and rolls this year than uh, than the Celtics did last year. Um, how do I think um, Bradley fits in the Reggie Jackson and Dre one uh, in the pick and roll? Um, I think that uh, I think that as a secondary ball handler and a secondary facilitator, um, Bradley will be able to to run the pick and roll himself, um, operating with uh, you know with uh, Reggie as a, a guy that can be on the receiving end of some um, catch and shoot spot up threes. Um, I think that while Reggie is almost certainly the better pick and roll ball handler. Um, I think that they can probably be expected to switch off, and I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be beneficial to, that uh, that either one of them can handle the ball in the pick and roll. Either one of them can be um, you know spotting up for threes, and it it effectively adds a, a bit more shooting and a bit more spacing. And uh, I I think that that's uh, that's something that's going to be pretty interesting to watch is uh, is how that trio can function in the pick and roll. I'm also curious about how Luke Kennard runs the pick and roll, um, if if he runs it much at all. Um, somebody uh, British Whale Five asks, "How did the hack joke start?" Uh, ben Quaglietta has uh, long called me a hack. I forget exactly how it started, but uh, he's he's a writer for uh, Piston Powered's um, hated enemy and uh, deeply seated rival, um, Detroit Bad Boys. So um, you'll have to ask him exactly how it started. I just know that at some point it came along and uh, and we adopted it. Um, Nick Skoll asks, do you think the roster is set? Well, um, tomorrow, I, actually it's a little bit after midnight now. It's almost 1 a.m. Uh, later today, uh, the Pistons will either, uh, they will either wave or not wave Michael Benajay. Um, he has uh, a partially guaranteed contract. Uh, it's worth $1.312 million. Um, he has $500,000 of it guaranteed. The Pistons are at 15 roster spots right now, uh, 50 guy, 15 guys in the roster, and they need to have 14 on the roster. But they don't have to get that down to 14 until, um, until the end of uh, the preseason. 
Um, the thing is, if if Benajay is eventually going to be the guy that they cut, um, which of the 15 on the roster right now, he's most likely going to be that guy. Uh, it makes a lot more sense now to to waive him and uh, and save the eight hundred and twelve thousand uh, dollars. He's he's guaranteed for only five hundred thousand of that one point three million. Um, so they could cut him now, save about eight hundred thousand dollars, and then like that roster spot is dealt with. Uh, whereas like if they have to wait, if they wait until um, you know end of training camp or whatever, um, and they end up waiving him anyway, that's almost a million dollars flushed down the drain essentially. So. Um, what they can do is they can waive him and then offer him a two-way contract, uh, which ultimately, in the end, uh, you know, if he spends the full uh, 45 days with the NBA team, um, he could still make. Uh, I think it's about two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars over the course of the year. So you know, he's he's taking a pretty significant haircut, um, but it's also better than being uh, cut and then just dangling the breeze all summer, all season long. So uh, that's. John Doe says uh, Benajay was pretty flat in summer league. Didn't look like an Olympic player. Yeah, he he didn't look fantastic. Um, so you know, I think that that's that might be something that uh, something that they end up looking at doing. But today is the deadline. If uh, Pistons want to save it, eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. Ryan three two one. Does Tall ever take minutes from Laura or Ellenson? I, I don't know that he takes minutes so much. I think that he. Um, I think that the Pistons were always planning on getting that uh, that third that third four kind of guy. Um, so I think that whether those minutes went to Tolliver or Jonas Drebko or some other guy they find off the the free agent wire, um, I think that those minutes probably like you know fourteen to eighteen minutes per game that uh, the Tolliver will likely get. I think those minutes were always earmarked for uh, for a guy of that role. Whether you know again whether it be Tolliver, whether it be a different signing. Um, so I don't think that his signing is going to mean uh, fewer minutes for either Lure or for uh, for Henry Ellenson. But you know, I think right now uh, Lure's minutes are fairly static, whereas uh, Henry Ellenson has uh, has plenty of upside to, to chip into to Lure's minutes uh, going forward. And I think that, that would be um, that would be in the Pistons' best interest. Just like, you know, Stanley Johnson, like, forcing the Pistons to play him, um, that would also be in the Pistons' best interest. Uh, John Doe. Ellenson will benefit for sure in Tolliver, from, uh, from Tolliver's leadership. And, yeah, I think there's no doubt that, uh, that um, there's going to be some real mentorship. I think that Tolliver is going to be a very busy man uh, mentoring all these, these young um, these young bigs and young players. Um, it's, it's a team that needed mentorship last year, and uh, it didn't really get any. So, uh, Jamie asks, who's our best trade ship? Um, I don't think there's really anybody at the Pistons are interested in moving right now. Um, I, I think that uh, I think the role players are fairly well slotted into their roles. Um, he says, say Ellenson. I don't think the Pistons have any interest in trading Henry Ellenson. You know, moving him in the second year of, uh, of his rookie scale contract saves them less than $2 million. That doesn't really do them anything. Uh, you know, who cares about the roster spot? They don't have to worry about that until, uh, you know, almost October. Uh, well, until October, actually. Um, you know, he's, he's nothing but upside, essentially. 
So uh, I, I don't see Harry Ellenson being uh, especially likely as a, as a trade ship. I don't think the Pistons have any interest in it. Um, what do I think is Drummond's ceiling? Um, this is something that I've really been hammering home uh, the last couple of months. Uh, I would like to see him... Um, I think his fully realized version of himself is basically uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know, if, if he trims out the garbage post-ups, uh, operates deep in the paint when he has the ball in his hands, uh, primarily runs the pick and roll when he's um, when he's getting um, when he's getting uh, his usage, um, I think he's going to be a much more dynamic uh, offensive player. You know, if he could ever get uh, the kind of defensive ability that uh, Jordan has, which I think is largely overstated, um, but if he if he could even like peek out um, as uh, as DeAndre Jordan's um, defensive level, I think that uh, I think that would be more than acceptable for the Pistons. Um, and like John says, he would like to see Drummond step up as shot blocking. Um, yeah, I mean, shot blocks are good. The the main thing is um, positioning to make. You know these shots difficult to keep guys from getting to their their spots, uh, from getting um, position to be able to get those shots up, and uh, I I think that it's kind of underrated that um, Andre Drummond's steals are not hollow. Um, you know he's he does gamble too much at times, um, but uh, those those steals and those turnovers that he forces matter. So um, you know I, having a huge uh, like white side type block total is not necessarily um, you know a, a guarantee of of better defense. Like white side is a block hunter, you know that that takes him out of position in in some ways. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's always nice to have a center with lots of blocks, um, getting getting tons of blocks, having a high block percentage, uh, but I don't think it's essential. Uh, British Whale Five asks, "Who do I see as the best center in the NBA?" Uh, that's that's a good one. Um, I mean, if we consider Anthony Davis a center, maybe Anthony Davis. Um, there will probably be people in chat or people listening later who are just absolutely furious uh, that I'm not saying Jokic, but it's not Jokic. Um, Boogie, I think Boogie is more of a, a four. Yeah, um, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis. I think he's also got the ceiling. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns actually might be right there as well. Uh, I, I think it, it could be um, right down to the two of them. And then, you know, Rudy Gobert is, uh, is a game changer. So um, it's tough to say, but I'd say it's probably those three. Ben Green Machine on Twitter asks, do I think Drummond's success comes from Reggie? I think he's better with Reggie. Um, I think he's much de he's much better with Reggie Jackson. Um, the pick and roll works much better when uh, you you've got an explosive ball handler who can also shoot and uh, make teams pay for for packing the paint. And that's something that Ish Smith, uh, in spite of all of his gifts, just can't do. He can't make a team pay for packing the paint when uh, when he's running the pick and roll. And um, you know, a healthy Reggie Jackson can both make a team pay from three or you know, blast by you on the dribble. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, top three league pass team next year, I don't know, man, there's there's some fun teams. I don't think the Pistons are quite there yet. Um, so, I yeah, I, I think that uh, 
for Andre Drummond to reach his ceiling, I think that he needs a, a healthy and fully functional Reggie Jackson. Um, okay, guys, that's going to wrap it up for uh, very possibly the best week in Locked On Pistons history. And again, I thank you for that. Um, this is this is more you than me, that's for sure. We can we can all agree on that. I think uh, it's also partially um, Avery Bradley and Stan Van Gundy's credit. <laughs> so. Um, Oh, really quick, Ryan, three, two, one. Playoff seed prediction yet? Uh, yeah, I've I've been kind of bouncing around between the uh, four, five, six range. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think the four seed is probably their ceiling, um, and I think that uh, if they don't make the playoffs in this East, it's a disaster of a season. So, um, that's that's my general prediction. I'm sure as we get closer to the season, I'll I'll put something down in stone as to what I expect from this team. So, um, yeah, man, four seed, book it, but don't book it yet. We're gonna book it later. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys.